Week two, your Nittany Lions are 1-0 as we head west to Pittsburgh, a.k.a. Schittsburgh. Quick preview for you guys. We'll talk the quote-unquote rivalry, talk the storylines. Pat Narduzzi's got some things to say, and we'll give our expert predictions because our score predictions from last week were oh so accurate. Let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It is September 6th, Thursday. Pat and I are recording Thursday night, getting you ready for the pit game. Pat, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I am ready to go for this weekend. Are I'm you? Pumped. Um, I'm excited again. And I, I can't wait. I think I think that's probably the feeling for a lot of Penn State fans. We talked about it. App State was not how we intended, but it's a win is a win is a win. Uh, and this week is the week where we want to come out, fire, and, and show, number one, what kind of football team we are. And number two, crush Pitt a little bit. Yeah, I mean, th- this is definitely a week to do it, to show what kind of team we really are. Yeah, so I'll, I'll start with an easy question for you. In this moment in time, not history, not historical, but in this moment in time, do you view this as a rivalry, Penn State-Pitt? No. Okay, because I, I kind of think the same. There's like a little bitterness, a little bit of hatred. It's not a rivalry. Right, and I'm, I'm 100% on board with you, but it's – it's kind of funny. You see all of like all over Twitter, Instagram, all of the Penn State accounts are just kind of all over Pitt this week. Like, I don't know if you saw one of the funny things is uh, PennStateRejects.com redirects you to Pitt, to Pitt yeah. which is hilarious, right? But like everyone's retweeting it. I mean, we have a fucking song. Like if you can't get into state, you go to Pitt, right? Like there's a lot of like a pomp and circumstance around it. Whereas like I always use the reference of Ohio State to us. Like, yeah, they look at us as a big game, but – I can't imagine like during that week they're just tweeting like Ohio State rejects or like getting really like, you know, that I don't know if the word is like uh, juvenile. You know, I feel like a lot of Penn State fans and maybe it's more Pennsylvania natives because it's in state. But I feel like people are just like really amped up for this one. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe it is a little bit more of a rivalry than I think uh, based on the history of it and like the close proximity. It's just I know, even though they beat us two years ago, it's one of those things where I don't look at us as programs on the same level. Yeah, and and I think that's a totally fair statement, and I don't think they do either, but of course they're going to be coming into this week with all of the energy in the world, with the intention to win, with the belief that they're going to win. And I mean, I have to imagine, aside from, I'm, I, I'm assuming they play Clemson in the regular season this year, aside from Clemson, this is definitely their biggest game. Do they? Actually, I, I'm going to trust your judgment on that one, because they didn't they beat Clemson? What was it? Last, last year, season. the year before, they beat Miami. They play Notre Dame, too. That's not a big game. Okay. And they don't play Clemson this season. Okay. So Notre so Dame really might one. be their biggest game of the season. Okay. So so let's jump in then from there to Pat Narduzzi, head coach of Pitt. Um, he's kind of known for, for being, uh, I don't know, I'm losing my words tonight, but same thing, kind of like juvenile. Like he'll say things that most coaches will take the high road on. So he had a couple comments this week in, in his press conference that I want to get your take on. So as you know, we've got a lot of guys that are, one, from the Pittsburgh area, and two, heavily recruited by Pitt. So one of them, Lamont Wade, uh, two years in, five-star recruit out of the, the Pittsburgh area, the, I don't know how you say it, Whipple, W-P-I-A-L, it's the big like league out there. I call it Whipple. Um, 
at one time looked like possibly a pit commit, obviously chose Penn state. He was never going to pit. Let's be real. Um, so a, a Pittsburgh reporter asked him, so like, you know, about Lamont Wade and his response was, you don't see him a whole lot. You don't see him a lot out there. What do you take on that? Uh, sounds like a dick. Yeah. And, this- and uh, well, maybe the reason you don't see him a lot out there is because we have a program with people who actually, you know, you don't get a lot of playing time your freshman year because there's other good people on the team. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's a true sophomore. He played a lot last year as a true freshman, if you're watching. And I'm pretty sure he had the biggest hit of the game last week when he took out the quarterback for a play. So I think that one, that one's not as bad. That one's just kind of like a, you know, he brushes it off. He makes kind of like a little dig. Um, but, but the next one is the one that pisses me off. So they I mean, what about, does that even mean? Like, oh, yeah, he plays for a better team. You'd see him more yeah, <laughs> on our if, team. <laughs> if he played for us, we'd have him out there as a freshman because we don't have anyone else. Uh, but the next one is the one that pisses me off. So the, the question around Juwan Johnson, <laughs> our guy, and Narduzzi says, uh, Juwan Johnson, he'll push off you pretty good. Our guys have to be physical with him. There's sometimes you see, you see yapping, yelling on the sideline. He did it last year where there's some two-handed push-offs and catching the ball, and he's pretty good at it. And he just the quote goes on for a little bit longer, talking about how Jawan pushes off, and he saw it in App State, and App State was upset about it. What do you Did think? App State, State say anything about it? No, he, he, that's what he's talking about, though, the yapping and yelling on the sideline. He thinks that App State was doing that because Jawan was pushing off. I've never noticed him doing it. Not that I've, I've never like looked for it, but I, I wouldn't say I've ever really noticed him doing that. Um, again, it, it sounds like a sour grapes kind of thing. Yes. He's a dick. He wanted this kid, this, you know, this kid who might burn him this season. Yeah. And also maybe one of those things where he wants to make noise about it. So the refs will be looking at it the same way that Gronk always gets called for pushoffs now because people talk about it. Right. And that's the one I, I don't know if they've ever, I don't know if they recruited John Johnson, uh, Jersey kid. Right. Um, but this is one just like if I can't imagine if, if the media asked Franklin about another team's top wide receiver, top corner, his answer would probably be he's a real good kid, real physical. We got to prepare for him. Something along those lines. Right. Yeah. You, you give the high road straight answer. You give, How many times do you hear Franklin give credit to App State, give credit to this, give credit to that. We haven't even stepped on the field and Narduzzi's making excuses already. It's like, I don't know, to me, I, I, yeah, just, look at that, I just look at that. I'm like, dude, grow up. Just, just grow up. Like you're, you're, you're sour. You're upset. Fuck off. Um, and, and there are, I'll say this, there are a couple of guys over the last couple of years that were big time uh, Penn State recruits and, and ended up going there. So DeMar Hamlin is a defensive back uh, who's over there at Pitt. Harris Ford is over there. Um, we actually had a guy, Aaron Matthews, I think his name is, uh, who was committed to us and then flipped over to Pitt. So it's, it's not like, you know, there's not cross-pollination, if you will, but Again, if someone asked Franklin about, hey, what do you think about Aaron Matthews or what do you think about DeMar Hamlin? He'd probably say something like, yeah, really talented kid. We're going to be recruited for a reason. Exactly. So it's just, it's funny to see this kind of pettiness from from mentality. It is. So hopefully we crush them as we talk about. But yeah, um, funny stuff all around the internet. Uh, I saw one today, the Nike ad uh, meme that's going around, like believe in something, you know, the whole Colin yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. So there's one where it says pit and it says something along the lines of believe in something, like even if you're really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was pretty good. And I said like next to the Nike swoosh, it said shit on pit. So that's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good there. Um, but let's jump into the actual game. So both teams coming into this one and one. Pit got a win oh, last yeah. week. Uh, one and oh, wow. I'm drunk. No, I'm not. But wow. 
Um, Pitt got a win last week against the powerhouse that is the Albany Great Danes out of the FCS. What's your take on Pitt this season? What are you looking for? What are you expecting? Um, I mean, they went out there and took care of business, so you can't really, you know, shit on them too much for that. Uh, No one, you look at their box score and no one put it like monster stats, their quarterback, 154 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. That's fine. I don't see that getting the job done against us. Mm-hmm. Uh, their biggest rusher went for 73 yards, but he did only seven carries, which is incredible efficiency. But they had like eight different guys run the ball, and everyone got at least two carries. That's kind of that's interesting. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how that bodes to get coming in, whether – it's bad for us. We're having to prepare for all these different guys potentially carrying the ball, or if it means that no one is really that great that we have to worry about them that much. Um, and also, they didn't score a single point in the second half. Yeah, I saw that too, and I thought that was super interesting. Neither team did, actually. All of the scoring was in the first half. I mean, if you're a fan, if you're one of the six fans at Heinz Field watching that game, uh, that's got to be a pretty pretty much a snoozer for the second half. Um, but yeah, I agree. I'm not super worried about their quarterback. This is a new quarterback, Kenny Pickett, uh, from who we versed last year was Max Brown. New quarterback. I was reading he was the one that actually led them to beating, I think it was Miami at the end of last year. So Miami's lost four straight games, though. Yeah, that's so true. I'm not a... Not a I'm salt. Not really sold on Miami right now. Yeah. So what I've read about this kid is is he's he's very efficient. He's a good game manager. Um, he'll you know he'll he'll take the the small throw to move the chains. He'll extend plays with his legs. So I I'm not super worried about the quarterback throwing the ball. I think our secondary will adjust this this week. I, I'm, I can't okay see them that. having a worse game than they had last week. Same goes for our defensive line. Um, and here's the thing. The reason that we went to overtime with App State was because – what's his name? Zach Johnson? Thomas. Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas made some really great throws. He was more than a game manager in that fourth quarter. Yeah, he was a quarterback. I don't see a game manager beating us. Yeah, I agree. And and to your point about uh, against Albany, they did have a lot of different guys run the ball. That is kind of – kind of the MO for Pitt. They they run a lot of the jet sweeps and they run a lot of – I don't know if you want to call it triple option, but they'll they'll have like a funky formation in the backfield and try to try yeah. to trick us to who's going to get it. The, the jet sweep is a loser offense, to be honest. It's not. A, I, I don't. I don't think it's very good. It, it is, but they've got us with it a little bit in the past. Yeah. Um, so so last year, uh, our game against them, we beat them thirty three to fourteen. Uh, they ran for one hundred and fifty five and a touchdown on us, which isn't. Isn't amazing, but you want to. You it's don't want to be running one hundred fifty five. Yeah, more than you want to see. And that was mainly with two guys. I'm trying to think the year before when they beat us. I don't have that. Up. Also, they had was John Connor last year or two years ago. They had him. That was two years ago. Two years. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because he was out sick last year. No, no. Right. No. I'm losing my mind. He's definitely not on the stat sheet for last year. Okay. Then so he must have gone to the NFL then. Okay. Didn't he just get drafted? I thought I got. I, I can't remember. I don't Guys, this is great that. radio. Just us questioning things that we can <laughs> easily Google for you. Because I'm pretty uh, sure when he played uh, against us, he had come back from being sick. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So maybe that was two years ago. So that would have been 2016. Um, looking at box score up, just filling dead air here. But like I said, I think I think the thing that I'm I'm looking for this week is from our defense against their offense, and we'll we'll get to our offense in a minute. Is one shut down the run because like I said, they do some screwy things. And we talked about that with, with App State. And I mean, you had it as, as your lamb of last week was that D line. 
Mm-hmm. We got to show some pressure. We got to one, get to that quarterback and two, shut down the run. Um, and then, and then also, like I said, I, I really want to see, I want to see the D line step up. I want to see this kid on his ass a couple of times. Like I, I really, really believe that with a little bit of a wake up call, a little bit of experience last week, I think you're going to see a lot more out of this D line. Kevin Givens is supposed to be back. Um, I haven't heard anything on Shane Simmons yet. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he was listed on the depth chart, but who knows? Uh, so yeah, I want to see a shut down the run. I want to get a couple of sacks. I'm not super concerned about the secondary. Yeah. And if they're running a jet sweep offense, there's going to be a lot of pressure on our DMs to uh, play smart. First of all, they can't just kind of bull rush ahead. Uh, they got to be ready to peel off, but also to be essentially be faster than their tackles. Yeah, absolutely. See, it's going to be on our, our DNs and our outside linebackers are going to be a big part of the, the defense this week. Yeah. And Franklin said in, in his press conference that, um, <clears throat> He talked about he talked about Micah Parsons and he talked about Ricky Slade and said both of those guys earned more playing time. Obviously, you know they both had pretty good yeah. games, so I'm excited to see Micah get in there and kind of go a little bit crazy. Um, got the stats from the 2016 game, so this was the heartbreaker where they beat us 42-39. Um, I'll never forget Deshaun dropping that ball. I love him to death, but that one hurt. Uh, so this was this was a pit team led by Buffalo Bills starting quarterback Nathan Peterman. Ooh. He had a stat line of 11 for 15 with 91 yards against That's us. But no, three, no wonder he's in the NFL. Three touchdowns on that out of 11 passes. I had that kid John Connor just off that game, though, didn't he? John Connor, 22 carries for 117 yards. Yeah. That's not the worst part. The rest of the team, this is one of their games where they had one, two, three, four, five, eight guys running, 341 yards on the ground. Oh, I remember that. They murdered us on the ground yeah so that that's sort of that that painful memory that's sealed in my head so gotta stop the run this this week let this quarterback be the game manager that he is because i I think our defense will will take care of that so um yeah excited for that um let's go offense so what do you think from from our offense uh and if you look i mean albany is not a team that's going to put up a ton of points on them anyway um but vincent testaverde for albany that's got to be Vinny's kid, right? Yes. We, we are Jets fans. I, I, we know. I looked it up. He recently transferred from Miami. So he's 100%. <laughs> Definitely Vinny Testaverde's son. Um, I mean, he had a decent game. 18 for 29 with 263. He had one touchdown and two interceptions. So, I mean, if you take care of the ball a little bit better. Very much like his dad. Vinny, we love you. Um, I mean, you take care of the ball a little bit better. Those two interceptions maybe go away. That's not a bad stat line. For also, I'm guessing that's his first college football start ever. Oh, very likely. Yeah, I mean, if he was at Miami, he wasn't starting. So, I mean, you put Trace McSorley against a defense that this kid can do that to, I feel pretty comfortable. That's a good point. That is a good point. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I and expect... Trace doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. He Only time he really tends to do so is either on tipped balls yep. or kind of uh, in, like, big situations where he forces a play. Yeah, where he'll try to throw one up deep just to make something happen and, yeah. and be that guy. Yeah, I agree. So I, I'm not, I'm honestly not super worried about the passing game. And I'm kind of excited for that because I think our young wide receivers need it. Um, we saw last week, we saw Juwan, we saw KJ Hamler. But outside of that, there wasn't a, wasn't a ton. I think uh, Brandon Polk had one catch on the, the fourth down conversion. I don't think DeAndre Tompkins had a catch in the game. Um, I don't believe it. We didn't see any Mac Hippenhammer. We didn't see any Jahan Dotson. I mean, he's a true freshman. But but still, I think if if what I'm seeing is that Pitt's secondary is, is not super stingy, I want to see this passing attack go off. And 
And I think the thing to think about there too is Ricky Ronnie, first time <laughs> offensive coordinator, right? He he called the game, called the Fiesta Ball last year, but this is his first season. So I imagine last week we opened up maybe 50% of the playbook. I hope, right? You're not showing everything yeah. week one. Uh, so so I hope there's some some fireworks from the passing game uh, this week with, with Trace McSorley and co. Yeah, I mean, really what I'm looking for, I'm looking for three things out of the offense this week. One, I want consistency out of the offensive line. Yes. One thing we lacked last week, where I would say majority of the game we did control the line of scrimmage, but there was too much inconsistency, like you pointed out. Too much of Trey scrambling around. Absolutely. I don't want to see that. I want to see a, a pocket this week. Uh, second is I don't want to see a single drop out of Juwan Johnson. I want to see him look like himself. I concur. And then the third is I want to see the offense get going from the whistle. I don't want a first half like last week where we scored 10 points and a decent amount of that is assisted by penalties. And then we come out in the second half and score 30 whatever points. Right. I, I want like 24 points in this first half. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And we talked about it is first game of the season. Of course, you want to come out like Ohio State and drop 77. But I'm not, I'm not super concerned with that first half from the offense. It's the first game, new coordinator, new personnel, whatever. Had we just taken it from the second half and won that game easily, we'd be feeling a lot better right now. Um, but yes, I agree. I, I want to see... Early and often, I want to see this running game go. So Albany did not do well on the ground, and I don't know. I didn't watch the game, so no, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know I didn't, if that's... Yeah, I didn't watch the game either, but looking at the stat line, Pitt definitely controlled the line of scrimmage. They uh, limited Albany to 60 yards rushing and then five sacks. Yeah, so, I mean, and, and I will say... That, that's what that, I wanted from our defensive line last week. Yeah, true. So the only, the only little bit of saving grace there is that 60 total yards is aided by negative 31 from Vincent Testaverde. So it's a little bit higher, almost 100 yards, but still, um, our ground game has got to be better. And, and I will say this, Miles Sanders from Pittsburgh, uh, again, also that Whipple League, he went to Woodland Hills, number one guy coming out of college, uh, high school. Of course, Pitt wanted him, right? Hometown boy. Oh, yeah. This is a homecoming for him. Like, yes, we've played at Pitt before, but he wasn't the guy, right? He is number one. I guarantee you he's going to have a ton of family there, a he's ton of friends there. On I, top of I think all the fire that he just has in his belly for the season in general to prove himself, he wants to do it at home in front of people that he knows in front of a school that wants him and definitely hates him because they don't have him. Dude, he was on the fucking cover of Sports Illustrated this week. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I mean, this guy... Like, for as much as we talked about how do you replace Saquon, I think after week one we're seeing it's it's almost going to be harder to replace Gesicki and the receivers. Um, not to say that Miles is Saquon, but the dude's a it's good a running back. He's a good running back. It's going to be a bigger drop-off from Gesicki to our ter- current tight ends than yep. from Saquon to Miles. Absolutely. And I, we saw it We saw it last week. Uh, I think watching the game back, I think he had in overtime, I think they just gave it to him four times in a row and he scored. Yeah, uh, I could be wrong on that, but I think so. Yeah, he, he absolutely did. Yeah, so I think it's going to be a huge, huge game for him. A um, lot of excitement. I, I saw one tweet, uh, one of the Penn State accounts was talking about, uh, it's like, I know we have captains, but I would be very okay if Franklin just sent Miles and Lamont Wade out there for the coin toss. I, I saw that one too, actually. That would be incredible. Like, I don't, I don't think Franklin fun. will do that because that's just not his style, yeah. but I would love that. Um, so, yeah, I do think Miles has, has another really good game, uh, starts to cement his status as our guy. And then I think, you know, uh, Franklin said, is, is Ricky Slade's going to get some more opportunities? So the two of them get going. I, I think that's a pretty dangerous backfield. So I'm looking forward to that. This Absolutely. Week. And they're 
two totally different types of backs too. So it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so lots to look forward to. Um, this is in Pitt, obviously, so it's going to be a sold-out crowd of Penn State fans um, because that's the only time that they sell out. One of my favorite things is their like athletic director and their whole staff. They they are adamant that Penn State does not affect their ticket sales. This is the only game of the year that ever sells out for them or even comes close. I mean, apparently, Penn State fans will buy Pitt season tickets because it's cheaper just, just for this game. Yeah, because it's cheaper to buy the season pack than it is <laughs> to buy a single ticket for Penn State because it's, it's so inflated. It's it's abysmal. Um, so all of that said, we can't lose this game. Even more so, we can't even have it close. I right. agree. I think after a close game last week, we need to come out and show that we're a dominant program. Yeah, and something we didn't talk about um, on last on last week's episode or this week's recap, you and I predicted that we would – I predicted we would stay at number 10 at least. You predicted we might jump up a little bit with some of the losses. Did we drop three spots to 13? Yeah. Um, so I saw a great segment on CBS Sports, Danny Cannell, talking about basically – just what an overreaction the week two rankings are. True. Um, you see LSU and Virginia Tech both jump up like 10 spots, which, I mean, I guess it makes sense if all you're basing it off of is performance thus far. Yeah. That's fine. But the fact of the matter is, I guarantee we're a better team than Virginia Tech. I guarantee we're a better team than LSU. Yeah, and, and I'm with you on, on early season rankings. I will say the Virginia Tech team looked Really good. And I don't know if that's just because Florida State is so bad, but that defense looked incredible. I think Florida State is, I think it's probably a combination. Virginia Tech's a very good team. And I think Florida State was way overrated. True. Very true. And we get Virginia Tech, not next year, because we still have Pitt, but I believe the year after we get them on our schedule. So that's something to look forward to. That'll be a scary year for us, because not only are we losing Trace, but then we lose Tommy Stevens after that. It'll be the Sean Clifford Show. Yeah, it'll be a Sean Clifford Show or one of these young guns that are coming in. Um, But we're getting off topic. So the the point being is, yes, early season rankings are, are crazy. There's somebody who... Probably another, you know, talking head like Danny Cannell. I don't know who exactly it is. But someone was talking about how they don't even believe that rankings should happen until like week three or four to see what teams are. Danny Cannell said till October. There you go. So maybe it was yeah. him. Maybe it was him. And and I kind of agree with that because when the rankings first came out, um, people were asking, "Hey, Penn State's at ten. Do you think that's underrated, overrated, or right where we should be?" And my answer is kind of like, "I'm okay with right being there because I would much rather start lower and then prove it and move your way up." If you start high, if you're a Miami or if you're a, a, a Florida State, you had that one loss, you plummeted, you're not getting back into the top 10, not yeah, unless you have a perfect season. It's hard season. to come back up from there. So um, with the current system, I'm okay where we're at. I'm actually even okay well, dropping That's why I like how they do the college football playoff rankings. They yeah. They come out with it until like mid-season. Right. I As like that be. a lot. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, and I'm okay that we dropped three spots. Like I said, Who cares? The, the wins that LSU and, and Virginia Tech had – Impressive for now. I think if, if it's based off of season performance thus far, then yeah, that's where we deserve to be. Yes, I guess. of course. Probably lower if you're going off of that one game. So <laughs> yeah, I guess. I'm okay with it. But all that being said, we need a statement win here. Um, so let's go into predictions. Uh, score prediction. What do you got? Um, I think this is going to be a statement win. I think we hold them to. Less than 17 points. Okay. Um, I say we win like 45-17. I like it. Um, I'm not quite as sold on our defense yet, which is crazy because I was the one kind of pumping them up last episode and saying, like, yeah, our D-line will be fine. I wouldn't be shocked if we give up 24, and that's where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to end it there at 24. 
Because if we if we give up more than then, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I'm a, and the reason I'm saying 24 is because I, I think we hopefully keep them to the 10 to 17 for most of the game, and then I hope by the fourth quarter we're up so big that you got some freshmen in there getting their getting their four games in, getting their reps. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go even a little higher. I'm gonna say 52, 24. I want this offense to go bananas. Okay. And like I said, I think I think with with how poor their past defense looks. I don't see any reason why Ricky Ronnie and Trace McSorley shouldn't whip their nuts out on the table and just drop as many as they can. I like it. And I, I think with all the uh, all the shit talk that Pat Narduzzi's doing, I could see James Franklin doing that. Oh, yeah. And he does have a tendency to run up scores when he can. Absolutely. Um, here's, here's what I'll say about our defense. I think our defensive backs will look much better this week. I'm still not sold on our defensive line. And I'm totally fine with the performance of our linebackers last week, actually. Yeah. As you look back on it, not as bad as we initially thought. Um, I agree with the secondary. I think they're going to be much better. I, I hope the the line is better, one, with the addition of I Kevin Gibbons. I can be much worse. Yeah. I mean, they're, like, stats-wise, it can be worse, but their actual performance can't be much worse than it was last week. Yeah. I'm excited to see um, sort of that death lineup that I was talking about last week because with Gibbons back – what they'll end up doing, and I don't remember who I was reading an article from someone that talked about this, is you'll have Sharif Miller on one end, you'll have Givens and Yeter in the middle, two big old boys, and then Shaka Tony, the pass rush specialist okay. on the outside, on like a third down where you're just trying to get to the quarterback. I hope they put that out there a lot and just crush them. So, that yes. Nice. And here's what I'll say I think Sharif Miller is a determined young man. Yes. And I think I, I predict that not only will James Franklin get. This D line, this team pumped up. I see Sharif Miller, so the leader of that defensive line group, really getting them motivated for this game. Yeah, I agree, and and I think we talk about the Pitt guys being really fired up. Sharif's a Philly boy; like he ain't taking he shit. Pitt, yeah, right? He ain't taking shit from them. Uh, so yeah, I think we see. I think we see a better performance from our defense. I'm okay if we let up 24 ish, just because of some of the reasons that I said. Um, but I want to see 50 plus from our guys, and I think it's very doable. Um, I'm, uh, I'll be honest, I'm looking more for a defensive statement than an offensive one because I didn't see a problem out of our offense last game other than a slow start. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. And that's what a lot of people are saying. So maybe this is just my like aesthetic bias of, I want a lot of points, but I mean, we are a better offensive team than, than a defensive team. There's no doubt about it. True. Absolutely. And you know what? I just realized as a degenerate gambler, I haven't even looked at the line for this game. Oh, uh, la- last I saw it was. Penn State minus like eight and a half, which both of our predictions just smashed that. Um, I don't remember what the under over was, but I don't even need to see I'd, it. I'd be shocked if we only win by eight and a half. Yeah, if, I mean. If we don't cover. If you are somewhat regular listener of this podcast, you know exactly what my bet's going to be. It's going to be Penn State to cover, and it's going to be the over because I want the points. I mean, that is a panic reaction to what our performance was last week, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. So let's, uh, while I look that they, up. That's definitely Vegas wanting people to think we're going to do the same thing. Oh, yeah, they're they're baiting people. And that's that's the thing people need to remember about Vegas lines. It is not what they think the score is going to be. It's what they want you to bet. It's what they want people. They make it, they make it close enough that they'll get a good amount of bets on either side so that they win no matter what happens. Like, that's Vegas in a nutshell. So I completely agree. I think, I think eight and a half is very low, and I, I think we cover that easily. Um, while I look up the, the under over here, I will say, um, what was interesting is after week one, I mean, we talked about Trace had a pretty good performance. 
Dude, he moved up from like a 15 to one on the Heisman odds up to like 10 to one, nine to one at some places. He's like a third favorite. So, yeah. well, I, I mean, I didn't pay attention to what any of the other Heisman favorites did. Yeah. So the, the favorites at this point are Tua from Alabama. He had a pretty good game. Uh, and Will Greer from West Virginia, the quarterback he was from. Where did he go? Florida, I think. Yeah. Uh, he's at West Virginia now. He had a good game. He's, he's more of your prototypical uh, NFL quarterback, so people love him. Um, but, yeah, so you've got Tua, you've got Greer, you've got McSorley. There's a couple of the running backs still up there. You're going to see Jonathan Taylor. You're going to see um, some of those other guys. But, yeah, Trace moved up to almost 9-1. to one. I will say though, Penn State to win to win the national championship is currently at forty to one. So if you have faith, now is the time to jump in because listen, if we start winning, that number's faith. just gonna get lower and lower and lower. That's so true. if you, now if you like time to bet it. now would be the time. So um, yeah, some cool stuff, cool stuff coming out of the betting world. Trying to find the Penn State game right now. But while I look that up, um, tell me what you think about some of the uh, NFL roster moves. So. Well, Christian Campbell. Well, Christian Campbell. We'll, we'll get to. We'll get to. I know exactly the one you're talking about. Uh, Christian Campbell, un- unfortunately, cut from the Cardinals. I haven't seen him land anywhere yet. I think he will because I think he's talented enough, at least, to be a practice squad slash. He'll, say, yeah, he'll definitely end up on a practice squad at the worst worst case scenario. Yeah. So he he is the only one that I saw that is cut and not landed anywhere. A couple of our guys that are our practice squad. So Grant Haley, who's with the Giants, and. And was like a fan favorite, honestly. They they loved him. They had him running with the twos a lot. He had a couple big plays in the preseason. Too. Yeah, so they they got him to the practice squad. Which uh, again, when you're He's when, a rookie, I'm fine with that. When you're rookie and, and undrafted, not a bad place to be. Earn yeah. your spot, prove it, and go. And that leads into the other got two guys is uh, Saeed Blacknall and Jason Cabinda. Both land on the Raiders practice squad, not making the fifty three. Um, that bums me out because Cabinda actually had a really good preseason. He was there. He was their leading tackler. tackler. I saw something like in like three out of four preseason games, he was the leading tackler. And overall, I mean, that kind of, that bums me out. I think it stems from just his sort of lack of wow factor as an athlete. Yeah. And I Um, I hope it's somewhat of two. I would be very surprised if at some point he doesn't make the active roster with just, you know, regular NFL injuries. And within two years, I think he's definitely a permanent active roster guy. Yeah, I agree. If nothing else, just a special teams warrior. Because, I mean, he shows he can tackle at the NFL level. He can be physical. He'll be fine. Saeed had a good game at the end. He had, uh, I think, a couple he catches in that touchdown. So I think he'll be Saeed fine, too. Saeed would be one I'm less convinced of just because of some of his off-the-field issues. I could see him sort of becoming less motivated, less sort of uh, committed yeah. and slipping up. But he, he's a talent, certainly a talented enough player. To be in the NFL. Yeah, and he's saying the right things right now. So him and Kabinda both, I read an article where they're just both super excited to be there. I think Kabinda will be a good influence on him. Yeah, so we're at the 30-minute mark. Start wrapping it up. But what was the one that you were talking about? Uh, NFL cuts or or changes? What do you got? Anthony Zettel. Yeah. Like what, six and a half sacks last season? Six and a half sacks. A regular contributor to your defensive line. I don't understand that one. i got to be honest. I don't at all, and I think it's just the Lions being the Lions because they've done a lot of weird shit in the past. Um, they're what I've I've heard they're tinkering with their lineup right now. I don't know if they're just trying to maybe cut cap space and, and prepare for something. But he's a really good player. Yeah, I mean, who had more sacks than him on their lineup last year? I think he was their leading. Got to be close because not a yeah. lot of guys eclipse eight, seven, eight, nine sacks. Like it doesn't really happen, and the Lions don't have. 
from what I can tell, a particularly potent pass rush. Um, but I did see, I think the Browns just scooped him up already. So oh, I was, I was hoping our really Jets, high, yeah, because we need some D-line. Of course they didn't. But that, that's another the dumbass move. The haven't taken a chance on a Penn State guy since Kajana Carter. Christian Hackenberg, don't remind uh, me. Yeah, I guess Don't true. remind me. Um, I'm not like a real player, though. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you, you mean Christian Hackenberg, the Bengals practice squad quarterback, is not a real player? I know. I know. Um, but yeah, Zettel, Zettel uh, getting cut and landing on the Browns, which I, I think is a great spot for him, honestly, because if they are going to be the up-and-coming team that people think they are, Actually. hopefully he can be a, a big part of that. But what I didn't like is before they signed him, the Browns released Carl Nassib, pass rusher and star of hard knocks. Like, I mean, he talked, he's been like, uh, he's been a contributor. Yeah. He's not a stud, but he's been a really solid contributor. And he taught the guys on hard knocks about compound interest and how you can make a ton of money. I did love that. Actually. It was so funny because every comment on the internet was about how the math was so, so wrong. And it's like, cause I mean, he was basically saying like, you could multiply your wealth by like a hundred times in four years. Like the way he was mapping it out was not exactly science, but like the point was, he was teaching people like to save their money and do yeah. the right thing. And, and all these nerds on Twitter were like, well, that's not actually how it works. It's like, shut up nerds. Um, but I haven't seen him land anywhere. So Jets, can if you, you're listening. Can you look up his stats from last season? Carl Nassib? Yeah. I can do it. I mean, because other than Leonard Williams, the Jets have a very unimpressive defensive it's, line. It's, uh, it's a little bit of Swiss cheese right now, which is bonkers to me. If Penn State fans, if you're not a Jet fan, I'm sorry you're listening to this right now, but just bear with us for a minute. Um, bonkers to me that just what three years ago we had Sheldon Richardson, Muhammad Wilkerson, and Leonard Williams. We didn't have enough room for them that we ended up having Sheldon playing a position that wasn't even his. And I do, I love Muhammad Wilkerson. I'm so bummed when he left. So, and my my uncle coached him in high school basketball. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Um, all right, so let me correct this. Carl Massa has been picked up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Which actually now gives them multiple Penn Staters. Yeah, they've got Godwin. they've got him. They've got Godwin and Donovan Smith, uh, left tackle. Ooh. All right, so let's take a look at this 2017 regular season. Uh, thirty one com- thirty one combined tackles. No, no, no. Nineteen total tackles. Twelve assists. Three sacks. That's again. It's uh, five usually- five pass deflections. Honestly, for a defensive lineman, that's usually good enough to stay on a team. Yeah, three sacks, five pass deflections. And, I mean, it doesn't look like he was playing every single minute of the game, you know. So, here nor there. I mean, this this is a part of the NFL. Guys, if you're not a starter or a stud. Yeah, guys plus he's not that them. young anymore. True. Yeah, he's been he's been there. He's born in 93. I mean, he's 25. For, I'm, but for a team that's basically trying to rebuild. True. True. No, and that's fair. I mean. I, I have no confidence in anything the Browns do until they start winning more than one game a season. Yeah, um, I honestly I, I like that move for for Carl too. Get down in that get down in that Florida sunshine. Enjoy Tampa Bay. Certainly went to a better team. Yeah, have that. So yeah, that's our roundup for this week. Uh, heading to Pitt. This is Thursday night. We're recording this, so you've got Friday to listen to it. The game's not till eight p.m. five Pacific time. So you got all day Saturday. Check it out. Give us a listen. Uh, if you like it, give us some maybe five-star love, maybe a review. I don't know. That's what podcasters say. Check us out. Twitter, Instagram, all names. Nope. Just kidding. Nope. <laughs> I, I really might be exact drunk opposite. on no beers. It is no names, all game, a Penn State football podcast. Pat, any last words for the fans? Um, You know what? That's... For any fans still in college that, that listen to this podcast, maybe like there's like three of you, 
Travel a bit, get fucking loud, show them who's boss, show them who owns Pennsylvania this week. Absolutely. White out, Heinz, give them hell. We are.